when you squeak up that eighth rep, let's say that's where you're failing. If you really want to do it correctly, then you do one more negative knowing you can't push it back up. So if you have a partner, you squeak out that eighth rep and then you do the negative. And then right when you hit the bottom, he and you push it back up, you rack the weight, then you're going to take 15 deep breaths, which should take 30 seconds ish. Okay. And then you immediately unrack it, do it again. You're going to go to failure again, only this time because it's relatively quickly and you finish on that negative. You're only going to get maybe half of what you got the first time. Hey, everybody. Welcome to It's Just Bodybuilding. Of course, myself, Big Ron Partlow, Dusty Hanshaw, Scott McNally. Welcome to the show, guys. And uh, remember, IamMutant.com, sponsoring the show. Thank you for your support, Mutant. Go to IamMutant.com, Big Ron 20, Dusty 20. You know what the codes do. They give you the the deal and all that stuff. So uh, also, Patreon for the Think Big Bodybuilding Network. Scott McNally there. Yes, Just, thank uh, you, everybody. You know, yeah, yeah, everyone. Much and appreciated. And of course, pa- Patreon, of course, you get like your questions read first and all that sort of stuff. You know, like, you know, we go through that stuff. Scott, Scott sorts it all out and makes it happen. I think and we have a couple today. Your, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, your YouTube questions. We're going to get to some of those. But we got an opening topic, right? What's the opening we topic, do. Scott? Yes, the opening topic was actually one of our questions, if I can... Uh, dig through all of these um also too guys we have to like share subscribe comment and what dusty ring the bell i love that you just forgot dove in with that that's all right because we're excited it's the topic i get get, it exactly and all that stuff and if you are subscribed double check because youtube unsubscribes people sometimes because that's the way they work here's that question so uh uh he says um when new clients start with you, what is something that you wish they came in knowing or not knowing? And I think this is a really good question because, you know, obviously, like so many people are getting coached today. We all, all three of us, we make a good part of our income through coaching. I mean, that's mainly what I'm doing. I know it's a big part for you guys, too. And we get all sorts of people and there are a lot of newer people. So this is a good opportunity to almost prepare people if they want to be coached. What should what should they expect of themselves, really, you know? Well, I think I think one of the main things We lost your mic, makes, Duck Run. Mike. I lost my mic. Yeah. No way. Way. I'm gonna buy way. you a new one that's it's not the cord. in the wire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the, okay. I'm yeah, only spring the hundred and twenty six dollars for you. I the cord's probably like twenty bucks, Dusty. So Yeah, because it was like a good mic. The cord, it's, it's the same the mic cord. I got. It's he just must the cord. be a little wild with it. I don't know what he and Emily do with that cord off hours, but yeah. uh, mine just, you know, is only used for one thing. So whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually, oh, well. Oh, this he's back. back. This is uncomfortable. There we go. Ooh. Sounds Let's better. Let's hear you. Oh, good. S- smooth jazz. Crazy. Yes. I don't know what the, I don't know what the, I don't know what the hell's wrong with this thing. They know that I'm not going to go through the trouble of any warranty claim or sending it back or mailing it or going to the post office. They know you're just going to throw it in the fucking garbage and just order another one. Yeah, immediately. Um, I think the number one thing that makes life easy for a trainer is if the person trains really hard and has a good grasp on training, like, you know, a good grasp on what a quad biased compound movement looks like compared to a glute bias compound movement like just the real good 
basics that everyone needs to know to be a bodybuilder, like, you know, hand placement on exercises, how to exert mm-hmm. themselves to failure, like just someone who knows how to train generally. It doesn't even matter mm-hmm. if their workout is set up correctly. It's do they right. know how to perform exercises right? Like when you watch them squat, you're like, oh, yeah, good squat. Like when someone comes to you like that and they train hard, it's like it's so much easier to get someone in shape. So much easier. And they look so much better at the end of it. Like it's just I think it's massive. It saves you so much time. Well, that's going to be the the other thing I was going to add to that is if someone – doesn't because I always I don't have known any of my clients in person so I always have them send videos. It's really really valuable if they understand that when you have them send videos and you critique them, it's it, we're on the same team. I've had people get offended when you mm-hmm. when you answered. I'm like you had more there, and they're like, no, I didn't. I'm like, I'm telling you, <laughs> close to it's, twenty years experience, you have more or the range, this and that. It's hard. Have man. clients, your, that, your ego gets in the way, you know. Yeah, and but the thing is, like, I have a client right now. Um, she is a pro, and okay. so she sends the updates in, and I've been tweaking a lot of stuff. Right, and yeah. I told her, I'm like, do you know how good a news this is? Because if you were executing perfectly and your diet was perfect and everything was perfect, I'd be like, I got bad news. I can't make you better. So right. she has been like loving it. Like, I mean, she's like, just pick it apart. Anything you see that could be better, let me know because she has the intensity. So that's the easy, you know what I mean? That's the part that's usually really hard to get people to do. And that's mm-hmm. just little tweaks. And I mean, I'm sitting there looking, I'm going, when she nails this, we're going to be off the charts because her body's just going to change rapidly. So understanding mm-hmm. that those things are not like, it's not an ego on our end. We want to, we want to get you heading in the right direction is enormous. Yeah. Being able to take criticism is, I guess, yeah. the base of that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I've had it happen before. I think where sometimes people people do feel kind of offended because they're like, oh, well, I've been doing. First of all, sometimes we have to recognize they might have been doing this for 10 years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And to recognize like, oh, oh, crap, maybe I've been doing this, you know, inefficiently for 10 years. And then also, too, there is no perfect so like Dusty, once you get her in the groove you want her to be, that's going to probably run its course for so long, right? And then mm-hmm. there's going to be a different tweak that you're going to add in down the road. Like after a while, then there's going to be something else. So I think the thing I always tell people is there's, there is no perfect and there is no end. Like we'll always right. continue to be learning, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's also helpful if they can take like, like if you give somebody a training tip on a pull down, Right. And they're like, oh, wow, that feels better, right? Yeah. It's, it's really a good uh, skill if they're able to then run all the other body parts through that same filter of what they just yep. experienced. Like mm-hmm. sometimes you show somebody a lat thing and then they, they're like, yeah, now my chest workouts are better. Now my bicep workouts are better. I took right. that same thing and applied it. Like that's, that's really great when people <clears throat> are able to do that. Other people, it just doesn't quite cross the – doesn't quite go to the next – exercise you know what i mean right and yeah. uh just don't think like that but but yeah some people are just really like eager to try to improve everything all the time and i guess that's something that's really helpful um you know obviously you know not having any food issues is helpful if you're trying to get somebody in shape like they, you know you have, you have those clients that are like food indifferent 
Mm-hmm. They're so easy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like clients that don't care about food. Like, cause I was kind of like that a little, I just ate like chicken and rice. I was fine. Like I didn't care. Mm-hmm. I didn't need 10 different foods. I'd eat four foods for like a whole prep. And, um, so people that are like that are really easy, right? Cause there's just, you know, exactly what's going on all the time. And, you know, I tend to attract a lot of people like that. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Well, I, I think the other thing that comes into play in that too is clients that are very upfront with how things are going. Yes. Uh, even in reverse, like, I had a client the other day. He's like, man, I'm really struggling to, to get the food down. It was like out of nowhere. And I'm like, can I ask you something? Are you cooking it all the same that you have been? Mm. And he's like, yeah. And I said, let's try a different seasoning. And let's take it out of the oven and put it on the barbecue since the summertime. <laughs> and literally the next update, I'm like, how are things? He's like, oh, my God. I, I was bored of my food. And I'm like, yeah. there it is. Like, look for the most obvious thing. You know, don't be yeah, afraid to say that. Like, because I mean, I like to do that. It's like it's like music or other things. I will play a song until I can't stand it anymore, and it comes on. I'm like, change it. Right, yeah, right, I listen right. to it seven thousand times. It's the same <laughs> thing with food. Like, I'm currently eating one type of chicken and one type of ground beef. I can make it a million ways, but it's just how I prefer. It's easier to yeah. cook in bulk, make a ton of it, and roll through. And one of these days, I'm going to bite <laughs> in that ground beef and go, uh-oh. You're done. You'll be done with this. Oh, this is no. over funny. today, right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't bite chicken breast for like three years. <laughs> you got that burnt <laughs> out, huh? <laughs> I, like I did the same I thing with ground that. turkey. You guys don't have as much ground turkey from what I remember in Canada, right? But no, well, I, I bite all the time. Do yeah, you? Yeah. Okay, I'm yeah. thinking of some somewhere. Oh, I was thinking of Europe doesn't have as much ground turkey. Yeah, But yeah, yeah I, I got burnt out of ground turkey. I ate it for prep for so long. Like, I couldn't yeah. eat it for like three years. I'm, I'm back on it now because I have a good deal at Costco. So that's working. That's working again. I, well, I with, had a with client. With the economy where it is, we all go on deals now. We're like, I can eat anything. Yeah, right. I had a client who was... <laughs> Not long ago, I had a client who was eating uh, 99 cent tuna out of a can in the parking lot. Oh, of the gym. yeah, and, yeah. And, and he's got money. Okay. Like, like he's got a nice car. He's got money. And, and uh, he's got a good job. And, um, and I go, dude, I go, you got to at least be eating white tuna. Yeah. I brought that up. I was like, you got to at least be on a white tuna. You got to be on the three ninety nine a can tuna. Come on. Come on. And he's like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so I gave him a hard time about that. I feel that in my soul just because when I was really starting bodybuilding, I was too poor to do anything else. So it was yeah. canned tuna. Oh, yeah. And I now those days. I still can't eat it. Like, nah. I ate so much I that, know. like, no, man. Not, not like canned and that. Like, and back then, I didn't think of that at all. I'm like, dude, I'm broke and I want protein. Yeah. This yeah. is the one. I had two cans a day for like, <laughs> I had two cans a day for like 20 years. Yeah. It'll take a long time for that mercury to catch up with you. Just keep going. Yeah. Cheap, right? just, well, just the <laughs> the right trend amount, kills right? it. The trend actually oh, trend neutralizes the mercury. I'm I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Unless, you're on, unless you're on Mastron Propanate, then it blocks it. Right. Oh, it's very okay. complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Dusty, I almost feel like what you're saying too is coming back to communication. And there's we've talked about this before. There's like a knowing and I won't say communicating a lot. I'll say like knowing how knowing what to communicate. You know, like mm-hmm. it, and I think that one of the nice things is the longer I work with somebody, the more we get into that groove where they know what details to tell me. A newer guy, he might check in and all I get is like pictures and weight. And I'm like, huh, right. I always want to know a few other things. Like, well, what's your appetite been like through the week? 
Did you have any stressors? Like, did you stay late? Did you work a bunch of late shifts? You know, was your sleep right. bad? You know, or how was your training? Have you been getting pumps in the gym? Is you have you been progressing? All that stuff. So I think that over a period of time, those people that have worked with me long enough, they get broken in and they know what to tell me. And at the same time, they aren't doing like uh, like Ron did to Chris Aceto that one time and writing like three paragraphs. Too long, not reading yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what it is? is you, I'm not reading this. Yeah, I put them into my... Um, there's a form essentially that they fill out and oh, that, yeah, that yeah. ask them those questions. Um, yeah. And if somebody is really lengthy because they write well, I remind them I'm not that smart. And if they can just bullet point shit, that would be better for me. Yeah. Like, cause that's literally when I respond to all my emails, it's one, this, two, this. And I prefer it to come back that way too. Cause I don't need the 17 words it takes to get to the fact that I can't eat my food for some reason. And people are definitely, you know, they, they learn that and you start working close. But I think in the beginning, it's the, this is where it's like you talk about what it takes to be a good client. This is what it takes to be a good coach is you have to guide them. Yes. And say, yeah. hey, I'm not getting enough information here. And then ask. So this is what I'm looking for. What's going on with this? Because sometimes there's you got to remember if it's a less experienced person, they really don't know that their stress at work it could be the problem. Sure. So they don't they don't you know, because I'll tell people all the time, like. I'm not trying to get in your business, right? Is there something going on that I can't see? Because based on knowing how hard you train and what you do and the fact you're on your plan, the not changing doesn't make sense. And then it's like, like you said, oh man, yeah, I've been up all my, my daughter's sick. I haven't slept in three days. I'm like, oh yeah. All right. We're fine. <laughs> you know, put her in a right. closet. Jesus. It's fine. <laughs> right. I mean, whoops. <laughs> ah. Especially if they're like, sometimes they'll say, oh, yeah, you know, my strength is really down this week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, is that the diet kicking your ass too much? Or did you also like work at two doubles in a row? Like you got to like, you can't just tell me the workout quality yeah. change for the worse and then leave out, you know, that it was a really rough week in like three other ways, you know? Yeah. So that's why I always make sure to ask back, you know? Yeah, ask mm -hmm. back and just prod a little. Make sure that you know you can't just say, "Oh, your strength is down." Oh, panic! It could be like, "Oh, your strength is down." Yeah, okay. Well, you really need to figure out how to get to sleep. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we got to do something here because that's the problem, right? Yeah. So, sleep's another thing. I, um, people do. People, I think the uh, a main problem is they overdo stims when they oh diet. yeah, like people's caffeine intake gets out of control and they don't take in consideration the half-life of caffeine and the fact that like if you're going to drink a you know a, a monster at 7 p.m right then y yeah you might not be able to go to sleep really well at you know 10 30 11 so you know everyone blames it on the tran or the you know the low carbs or whatever but a lot of times they're just jacked all day and they don't give that any credit because they go, oh, yeah, but I'm still tired. Yeah. It's right. Like, yeah, they're not the same thing. Like they're yeah. not like just because you're still tired doesn't mean you're going to be able to sleep. Yeah. Right. You can't slow your your <laughs> your, your inside or your brain or whatever. You can be exhausted yeah. and not sleep. I mean, yeah, you can be super exhausted and not be able to fall asleep because your brain's just so it's not the same thing, but that's what people do is they're like, oh, I could drink caffeine. I'm so tired. It's like, nah, it's, it's, it's part of the problem. So you got to be like aware of that stuff. And there's so many things that people do that, that, you know, it's, it's really hard to like, you know, 
those little things that they just don't tell you and they just don't come out. You know, there's, there's always going to be something like that. You got to truly try to dig to find those things. So with the other part of the question was, uh, things that you wish the clients wouldn't have or whatever like that. Um, this one to me is tricky because it's, you know, I, I, I don't like to ever, to me, it's the coach's job. As long as the client's checking in, doing Mm -hmm. the things, then it's your job to do everything else, you know? Um, but I will say one thing that that's tricky in our industry now is I have clients that come to me with a preconceived notion of what's going to be. Yes. Because they've worked with other coaches and not saying that the other coaches are better or worse, but it's different. Yeah. And you know, I, I try to remind people it's the same thing as a relationship. Like if the last girl cheated on you, it doesn't mean this one's going to like, you got to leave that in your past and kind of move forward. You know what I mean? So with coaching, it's the same thing. I try my best in my questionnaire to explain how I work. Um, but it is really important that they understand things are going to be a little bit different. Um, you know, cause for example, I think that there are people online and coaches that really like to go in to crazy depth to sound really smart. Yeah. And I prefer to just keep it as simple as possible. Like, I will make a change to your diet and say nothing. Here's the diet. Change this. Send. And if you want to know why, you can ask. <clears throat> but if you don't ask me, I won't tell you. It doesn't matter to me. You know. Now, if you're People just somebody say, who likes to know, you could you just say, "Hey, well, why did we do that?" And you go, and, "Oh, here's why." And understand too that you will learn from the process. Like that's mm-hmm. the way my first coach was, Dusty. And and I just listened to him. I didn't ask questions. I followed what he said. And then guess what? I saw the results. And so mm-hmm. it's learning through not being told, but through experiencing. I don't. I didn't necessarily need him to tell me we're going to do this, this, and this, and this is why. He told me we're going to do this, and then I did it, and then I saw. Oh, okay. Now this happened. So that that mm-hmm. that's how I really think we can learn the best is from that firsthand experience. You know, sometimes I think we can go a little overboard with needing to know. And I and I, I me too, man. I, I'll I'm happy to explain everything. In fact, I probably take too much time over explaining but i'm yeah. I'm, I'm with you a hundred percent though that it really is just a, a matter of 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 asking if if you need to otherwise i think it's important too to just trust the process if you trust your coach you know right for sure yeah um the not knowing part wish that wishing they not knew uh that would be like I think with some clients, I wish they knew less about drugs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because uh, sometimes I, I, I mean, obviously knowledge is good. You know, yeah. that's so there's a, being a bit, uh, being a bit funny there, but, but it's, it's like, it takes up too much space mm-hmm. in their yeah. head that it doesn't need to take up at this point. And, and that's the problem because there's some energy being exerted on that stuff when they're like not anywhere near, that point maybe or you know what i mean um so their their level of energy put into like drug knowledge for where they are on the spectrum of development is 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 like you know way out of whack and there's not enough focus being put on usually on training and diet right so that's usually something that i see with with young guys um younger guys are more novice bodybuilders that want to get into it is they they know too much about drugs right and and they don't know enough about actual dieting or actual eating to grow or I like they don't they haven't really done it right you know yeah so it's just a little weird it's just like weird 
Have you had, uh, both of you guys, have you had this experience, and I've had it many times, where you coach someone for their first show, and it's flawless, and it's executed, and they nail everything, and they come in phenomenal, and they win, and then you do the next show, and now because they have a little experience, it gets harder because they have more questions, and then they start to worry, mm. and they're comparing last prep to this prep. And I've had to tell so many people, like, I, do you remember last time how you just closed your eyes and rocked everything and how it worked? You're actually fighting our process right now. Yeah, yeah. Because you're stressing. You're creating cortisol. And what made you invincible before is you had no expectation. You were yeah. just like, this is fun, or this sucks, but I'm doing it anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I've had that quite a bit. Um, and I don't really know how to word it. And obviously you guys could probably do better, but it's like how to get people to remember, like I sleepwalk through preps when Chris was dieting me. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't remember the last show. I don't remember what I took. <laughs> like I don't care. That, yeah. I just, yeah. he'd send what to do and I'd go, okay. And then yeah. I would do it. And I didn't even like what, like I didn't even ask myself like what's going to happen from this. Okay. I would take the pictures in the gym my my training partner Andrew would take the pictures, yeah, and then I would just send them immediately, and I'd put my weight in the real basic information, and I never looked at them. He'd yeah, be like well, how do yeah. you how do you feel? Look, I was like, I gotta look one second. Like, <laughs> like I just didn't take the time because I knew he had complete control, and then I would laugh because I would realize when like through the thing, I'm like, holy crap! Like I used to tell people. If you were to look at three of my preps for three different shows, you might think I have three different coaches. Really? Because the food was all over the place. The food yeah. was all it was always mean, different. The, the cardio. I mean, when I did the first year's USA's, my first meal of the day had six pieces of toast with it. <laughs> right. I was like, well, what kind of bread? He's like, I don't know, whatever you like. <laughs> I was eating like regular, just, you know, grain bread. And I was like, this is so awesome. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. People are like, dieting sucks. I'm like, you guys are doing it wrong. Um. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I had a prep with Chris where he told me that I was eating a ton of food. I remember he was like, I can't believe how much food you're eating. And I was like, oh, really? And then he said, yeah. He said, there's only been a couple of guys I've ever had that were eating more food than you. Really? And he said one of them was Jay. <laughs> of course. He was like, Jay, <laughs> Jay was eating like three cups of rice at each meal in 2001. And he was like completely peeled out of his mind, right? He almost yeah. won the Olympia. And he just said, sometimes Jade just had this crazy, crazy ability to eat food. When I did one prep with Chris, one of them, I ate more carbs than I ever believed I could diet on. It was really crazy. I don't know what happened. You probably but felt yeah, pretty just, good about it when he said that, though, didn't you? Like, yeah, but I was still starving. It's uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Still starving. <laughs> pretty funny. I was just telling but the guy that, that last night, it's his first prep, and he's four weeks out, and he messaged me, how do I deal with the hunger? And he hasn't had to really struggle so far, and now it's finally kicking in. And, and bless this kid, he got called down to Tennessee. He's from Michigan here. He got called down to Tennessee. He has one of those car haulers, and he converted it with his dad into an apartment. And so he's, he's an engineer, I believe. He moves down to Tennessee for the next eight weeks, and he's living in this little car hauler in a campground for the last four weeks of his prep. So no, That's, that's awesome. It's wild, man. So shout out to Jesse. But he, uh, he messaged me just last night. He was like, hey, I'm starting to feel really hungry. 
what should I do with that? And I explained to him, I was like, I don't care, because he's eating a decent amount of, amount of food still for his size. I was like, I don't care mm-hmm. how much you're eating. We all get to that point, you know? And to yeah. remind him, like, everybody else who's going to look really good at that show, they're all really hungry right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you have both important. ends of the spectrum. You know, like, Jose used to be, like, 50 or less grams of carbs hmm. for, like, two months yeah wow and he but any and then you'd see his pictures and he was blown out full yeah barely eating it's like chris used to used to say i think that when his body like gets into like uh a lower point where there's not much left he goes i don't know what if it goes into like a a super protein synthesis mode or what he goes but he starts growing wow and we're not feeding him anything and he just and he goes he never gets flat and he's like there's no food (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, and he just looks like if you looked at him, you'd be like, oh, so you had a thousand carbs yesterday. He's like, no, I had a quarter (laughs) cup of cream of rice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing with comparing preps. And you're right. A lot of people do that. It's called the sophomore jinx, you know, that happens to like guys that win rookie of the year. And then the next season, they just don't really produce that much or or bands where their first album is a huge hit. And then the second album, they kind of get to do their thing more. And it's not as big of a hit commercially. And people say stuff (laughs) and it's called the sophomore jinx. And and uh, people do it to themselves with bodybuilding, too. You know, they smash one show and then they go, oh, well, I can tweak it a bit and make it better. Right. That's sometimes right. what yep. happens. Were you just happy to <laughs> be there? The first, I, My first show, I took second place in middleweight and I was blown away that I could have gotten that far. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I was right. just freaking happy to be there versus someone else would probably be, uh, you know, it wasn't a state qualifier. It wasn't a national qualifier either. But I don't I don't know if you guys remember, but back years ago. Oh, I, I know it's different for you, Ron, but we didn't have not every show was a national qualifier. So you had your local mm-hmm. shows and your qualifiers. Now every show is a qualifier to so they but they also have the novice division, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, that's just because they want more people paying four hundred dollars a class. Right. So it's smoked. <laughs> it's yeah. funny, but uh Nick Nikki and Daniel call the North Americans the place that uh, bodybuilders' dreams go to die. Oh, because <laughs> it's like you just you just watch them. You just see their face when they get there. It's like, yeah, this is different. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty it's a pretty um, it's a pretty rough show. It can be a rough show for a lot of people because they look at you for like three <clears throat> seconds. Yep. You're like speed, speed quarters. And then you either got their attention or you just didn't get their attention (laughs) and that's, that's it, you know? So it can be, it can be an intense experience. That's, that's kind of funny. You guys want to move on? We had a, yeah, yeah, we had some other questions here. We had one. um, So we talked a bunch about training intensity last week. And so there was a kind of a follow-up question to that. And uh, he had asked, Dane had asked, uh, what is your favorite intensity techniques? And then he adds slash back offset. I don't know what he means by that part, but we'll say, what's your favorite intensity techniques? He says, mine is a triple drop with a three second eccentric on seated hamstring curls. After your last rep on the third drop, add uh, 20 partials and a 30 second ISO hold mountain dog style. I was going to say that sounded like a, like yeah, a mountain that's dog like thing. a mountain dog drop set. We've done that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, um, 
I, I went through a real phase where I was like hunting for the ultimate, like most intense possible set, you know, like yeah. that was a mission that I was on in the late nineties and early two thousands. Like remember Trevor Smith had his stuff out where he was doing, you remember big Trevor Smith, that huge oh, yeah. guy that did like the, yeah, he was doing like, you know, the incredibly heavy stuff, just one max out set and big, huge rest pauses. And, you know, um, I mean, DC training had hit the boards and people were talking about DC training. And like, that was just a really crazy time where we were all hunting for the ultimate intensity set, you know? And, uh, but that mountain dog triple drop with the partials and the ISO hold, that's yeah. like, that, that covers a lot of bases. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't, because, oh, yeah. you know, I, I don't know if what the scientific analyze uh, or a- analyzation of that set would be. I don't know if it's actually optimal. I don't know any of that stuff, but I know that there's no fibers left that want to <laughs> do anything when you're done that. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that's a good one. And s- some exercises it works really good on. You know what I mean? Like there's certain exercises where, you know, you know, tr- triple drops aren't as, aren't as useful, but yeah, that's a good one. You know, I feel like some of the movements, uh, or I should say some of the intensity things, even if they're not like if some nerd could get on here, explain to me why they weren't they're the best for bodybuilding. Like as far as that set, I would argue back that they are the best for bodybuilding. Cause they put your mind in a place mm, that, you, that's it. that you don't go to. And when you've done that, when you, it's kind of like, I think we've all had that prep that was the hardest one we've ever had. And then after that, all preps are just preps. Like once you've went to that place, you know, you have to know, I mean, it's, it's such a common term, but it really is something that I believe in. It's, you can't know where the line is until you cross it. You you Mm -hmm. have to go across the line. It doesn't even make sense. It's not better for you, but then you're like, okay, now I know where it is. Um, so I loved those cause I felt like that John was sadistic. Like he yeah, loved yeah. the pain and, and I love those things. He did the same thing, uh, on a seated ham curl for me one time, but then what he add me add to it was once I was done with the partials, then he wanted you to lean forward and have your training partner grab the bottom of the pad and oh, force yeah. you into a stretch. And then hold right, that for right, right. 30 seconds also. And I mean, it's the longest 30 seconds of your life. Yeah. And I just yeah, remember yeah. like your training partner's counting off the seconds and you're like, you are counting too slow. And he's using a watch, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you know, but I, I love those. But as far as my answer to the question, I still think at the end of the day, once you have the mentality that all those things create for you, Rest pauses have always been my favorite thing. Mm. There's just they're brutal. There, there's something something about not dropping the weight and doing it again and then yeah. doing it again and again is just it's drastic. I mean, when you think about the first time you do an attempt, you're getting like eleven reps, and the last time in the same set, you're getting two. I mean, you unrack it and it feels too heavy. You know, I just always thought those were phenomenal, and I wished it was safe to do them with everything because I would have. What, so what, what's your favorite exercise? If you had to pick one, what would be your favorite exercise to rest pause? Rections. For okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Rections mm. done correctly. Like it, it's the greatest movement because literally, like I said, your last, you know, your last attempt, you feel every fiber on every rep. 
to get them properly. Yeah, yeah my so lats are spasming great. a little bit just thinking about that. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> I always liked rest pause on like plate loaded chest machines. And, oh, yeah. you know, and, and even like rest pause on the leg press was like another mm. thing that I did a lot of. You know what I mean? I wouldn't do any like forced reps on the first two stops. You know what I mean? Yeah. Normally. I would just go to like they maybe almost had to like touch the platform, rack it, count to you know twenty, thirty or whatever, go again. Usually that's how I did them, but sometimes you wind up with a forced rep on every single one. You know, you a little little ape shit. You know, <laughs> <laughs> those are the good so, days. Those are the good days. Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> I would say if I had to pick one, my favorite intensity technique would be the Widowmaker. And it would be mm-hmm. either on the hack squat or the leg press because those two machines, I can really control it and yeah. you know, stop it, take a couple breaths and get a few more. Stop it, take a couple breaths and get a few more. And then stop it. rep hack squats are <laughs> terrible. Yeah. <laughs> terrible. You know, it's beautiful I, when you when you undo your belt during the set because you can't breathe anymore. Yeah. But you're not done. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. I had like I had a little bit of pain in my knee, the side of my knee, just because my tibia, it was like a bone thing, right? It was just a little irritated. And I was like, ah, I'm going to go a plate lighter today. And I think, I think Braden thought I was going to like take it easy. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I just went a plate lighter and then I, I went for 20 reps and right. it was like, I hadn't gone for 20 on the hack in like a long, long time. And yeah. you know, you get to like 12, 13 and you're like, okay, I'm going to get it. But this was a terrible idea. Like, <laughs> I don't need to be doing this anymore. And now I'm committed. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, I, I always say those dumb now ideas. I got to go all loud. the way to the wall. You, you know? know, like yeah, I, yeah. I would have told Braden that just because that's how I commit myself to it. Like when I'm about to do something now really I'm stupid, committed. I'm like, we're yeah. doing 50. And then yeah. they look at you crazy and at 25, you're like, I really wish I wouldn't have told him that. Why yeah. did I say that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. It was one of those days. But then after I did it, he, he, I was like, that was that was good mentally to push for. Like, you know, maybe I got to do that a little more often. Just, you know, mix it up a little bit because it was like a real challenge. I had to dig deep, you know, because it's pretty easy for me to train, you know, quite hard and safely. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's easy for me to execute sets properly. It's It's not that hard you know but every once in a while you, you you make yourself dig like extra deep for something and you're like okay that's i gotta keep doing i gotta make sure that's in there that's you know gotta stay sprinkled in there you know what i mean yeah, just yeah. for ah, uh, there's a lot of usefulness i think there you know we talked about <laughs> that you know testicular fortitude as testicular ed cohen called it yes yeah. yes yes. <laughs> yes you know what I, I meant to ask dusty for people at home what how would you break down uh, a rest pause like what, how would that how would that look because i've heard people that tell me like oh i do rest pauses and it looks way different than the rest pauses i do yeah so i mean if you're doing them the way that dante created them it is set your you know do your warm-ups set your weight um and let's say just for argument's sake so i can do numbers the goal is 15 reps total yeah. and you want to set the weight for something you're going to get at least eight reps for on the first attempt, right? So you you would, first thing is when you squeak up that eighth rep, let's say that's where you're failing, if you really want to do it correctly, then you do one more negative. 
knowing you can't push it back up. So if you have a partner, you squeak out that eighth rep and then you do the negative. And then right when you hit the bottom, he and you push it back up, you rack the weight, then you're going to take 15 deep breaths, which should take 30 seconds ish. Okay. And then you immediately unrack it, do it again. You're going to go to failure again, only this time because it's relatively quickly and you finish on that negative. You're only going to get maybe half of what you got the first time. So let's say you got eight, you're probably going to get like four. Yeah. Get to failure, do the negative again, toss it back up, 15 deep breaths. Now you go for your last ones. And this is where, like I said, you're getting two or three reps, do the negative, rack it. And then they'll, uh, you know, then sometimes with something like that, say it was a press movement like Ron was talking about, then to really finish it off, I would take my 15 deep breaths again, unrack the weight, bring it about a quarter of the way down and just hold it. Ooh. Do a do a static for as long as you can yeah. until it starts to come down. But you even fight it on as it starts to come down until you can't. And yeah. then you rack it and that muscle's done. That's that's the reason the volume can be so low. It's like, what would you do after that? There's nothing yeah. left. Yeah, it's shot. Plus, you took a weight that you only would have gotten eight straight reps with. And now you got like 12 or whatever, you know? Yeah, that's the whole idea is you're using a weight you can only handle for eight and you're getting 15. There you go. Yeah. And then for guys like me, Dante's advice is just dial the number up. So, yep. so I'll when I do rest pause sets now, I haven't done many lately, but when I do them now, I shoot for like fifteen on my opener. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then I get like you know I get like another eight nine on my second round, and then I'm because I don't want to do doubles and I don't want to accidentally do some singles and doubles, right? If I overestimate <laughs> right. my weight, you know, I just want to stay away from anything that's a single or a double. Yeah. So I want my last round to be like, you know, five or six good reps. You know what I mean? So to kind of shift that, you just lower the weight and, and increase the reps on the opener. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's important so, that people know that too, is like when, when a lot of times when people use the term like progressive overload, they're like, oh, I'm too old. I can't do that. My, and I'm like, whoa, I didn't say you had to shoot for 10 right. or yeah. six reps. Like bump that up. I mean, anybody who's... 30 maybe 35 and up like their low rest count rest pauses for me are 20 which means they're looking for 11 or 12 on that first attempt yeah you 20 know, total remember reps. yeah yeah you want to be strong to me there, there's differences if you want to be a good bodybuilder you're strong in every rep range like if you can do six as a beast but you can't do 20 like a beast i'm like you ain't that strong yeah. you're strong at right. everything because right. your muscle will look different if you are Right. And it's volume. I like thinking about volume within a set. Like how volume oh, dense. Yeah. How volume dense can you get a set? Because people who talk about the importance of volume, you know, that, that's, that's volume too, right? How much volume within a, a period of time. So if, you know, you do three sets of eight with a weight, you know, that's 24 reps. But if it takes you 20 minutes to do it, that's one thing. If you can get, you know... 24 reps with a weight in a two minute period. Yeah. That's a much more intense concentration of volume within a time period. So, you know, again, I'm not a physicist, <laughs> but I did say it a holiday in once. And I'm so hoping you're going to say that. <laughs> oh, by Only the way, old people are a, laughing at that joke. I got to give a shout out to Outback Jim in Mainz in Germany for the coffee mug and nice. the visit and the mutant on a mission episode. And it's coming soon in a couple months. 
Nice. Nice. Oh, hey. Donna came to say hi. She needs a haircut, but she wanted everyone to see her. Her hair, her uh, style got sick. Uh oh. So now we're looking for a new stylist. So she looks homeless, but she still has a house. No one worry. <laughs> That's funny. She's just going through that phase where they purposely want to look uh, grungy. Like it's like grungy. Yeah, you know, kids, they, how they are. Because I mean, she's yeah, twenty one now. So yeah. yeah, she's cutting her jeans, perfectly yeah. good jeans, chopping yeah, them ass, up. hanging out. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Bad friends. Bad friends. You know. You so know, we we've friends. got. A whole bunch of uh, listener questions, and I think some of these we can probably just rapid fire through them. Um, can you guys recommend a non-stim pre-workout for evening training? Basically, what Ron was just talking about, um, or are they even beneficial? And then, bonus question: Are any pre-workouts even worth it on gear, um, either TRT or on cycle? Well, I mean. Pre-workouts are just such a personal preference thing for me. I mean, obviously, there's certain ingredients where there's like science that, you know, shows like, you know, good citrulline concentrations. And, you know, there's certain things that are, you know, most likely going to be, you know, of at least some benefit that you might feel or notice. And then most of them mm-hmm. are just about the stims, right? Most people yeah. just want to. But there's a lot of interesting ingredients on like that do the brain stuff, which I will admit I don't read up a lot about. You know what I mean? I know that I think Scott, you might be, you probably interviewed people that are more knowledgeable on that stuff, but um, but I mean, if he doesn't want any stims, he just got to get a really good pump product. You know what I mean? Yep. So I, I mean, you know, a really good citrulline, you know, uh, and then obviously like Mutant makes the the pump pill that I love. I've okay, said that many mm-hmm. times. They don't ask me to say that. I just say it because I love that pump product. I've always used it. But if you find a good pump product, non-stim pump product that you like, I mean, it's just all personal preference at that point for me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's anything that you have to do, which they said. Um, But it is nice to like, I'm not like some huge believer that those things must be part of your arsenal. But if the blood is more easily getting to my muscle, then it's hard for me to argue that can't be good, especially for the fact that you're looking at 40 bucks for a month's worth or whatever it is. And I also feel a little more connected to the workout is, you know, you do one warm up set and your chest feels nice and full. You're like, today's gonna be a good day. That's a good benefit. And then as far as the, the pre-workouts on gear or not on gear, I, I am absolutely a proponent of pre-workouts. Like, um, and this is funny, but just to give you guys an idea. So when I, I didn't like mutant used to have one, they still have it just madness. And I thought it was just caffeine in a tub. Okay. It just didn't, it, it wasn't great for me. And I always told them that and they're like, that's fine. Sold like crazy. Just wasn't for me. And then I was with condemned for a year. They had a pre-workout that I really liked. And I came back to mutant and I was like, Oh shit. What am I gonna do about this pre-workout situation? I'm in here. And they had the all in. And I, I literally took a serving of it the first time. And number one, it was too strong. <laughs> I had to, I had to back it down. And now I'm sold on that thing. I do like a quarter to a third of a scoop. Um, oh, just, I do two just thirds. for the, yeah, just, just for the stem side of it and kind of get going. Um, it's a little sad because I'm so weak with stems now yeah. because I, I don't drink coffee like you used to or any of those other things. So I'm missing out on a lot of the other ingredients that are in there at their full dose. 
Yeah. But right. My but the cool thing is my 14 year old takes a rounded scoop, so it all oh, works God. out at the end. Oh. <laughs> I watched her one day. I was like, I'm sitting there. I see her scoop, and it's spilling all over the counter because it's a mess. Yeah. And it goes in, and she shakes it up, and boom. And I'm like, Wow. That's okay. Wild. So that's why I have a rule. So quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a rule. Whenever someone asks me about pre-workout and how to get a better pump, yeah, I always make a point of saying that in the hour, just one little tip, in the hour preceding their workout, when they're thinking about you know taking their, their pre-workout, most people just shoot it. Like they put it in a glass with like this much water. Yeah. Just pound it, you know. Did you lose my mic? No, we got nope. you. We got you still. Okay. We're good. But he and, whacked um, it. That's why. Yeah, yeah I hit it's it. It's close. Yeah. So... So uh, they're all worried about getting that down, but just get a liter of water with some salt in it. Yeah, like maybe put your magic. pre-workout, maybe put half a liter in with your pre-workout, get that down and then take the other half liter, put some salt in it and, and drink that over the next 30 minutes. But get a liter of fluid with some salt in it. You could put your pre-workout in that too, whatever. Just get more mm. fluid into you before you train. Every time I make a point to like tell people that and they, they think, huh, I didn't really drink that much like yeah. since meal three or whatever. Like I kind of got right. busy. I didn't really drink it all for two hours. And they start doing that. They're like, oh, my pumps are way better. Yes. Like some people yep. just don't, they're not paying attention to their fluid intake. Get your fluid up, especially pre-workout. Get some salt in your system. Like another thing is guys might have steak and rice meals that have lots of sodium on them, right? And then maybe yep. their next meal is oatmeal with protein powder in it. And there's really yeah, so not much any. sodium yeah. at all in that meal. Yeah. Like it's yep. a pretty low, like what is it, 100 and some milligrams in a scoop of like, it's, it's not like there's two grams in that meal. There's two grams in the beef and rice meal because they put so much hot sauce and sea salt yeah. on it. You know what I mean? So sometimes people wind up having accidentally having or they have Greek yogurt with protein and berries in it. And it's like almost no sodium at all. So get some in your pre-workout meal or your pre-workout right. drink, you know? I always right. make mine with the EAAs because I like them. So yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a junkie on EAAs, and I feel like that's somehow it stopped being as like prevalent. Really, and I can uh, actually yeah. tell if I go like I, I I didn't have EAAs. I went on a trip and trained three days, and I was like, this sucks. I could tell the difference for sure, and I don't do. I only knew because I had three mid workouts while I was gone, and I'm like, wow, that's. The only thing I didn't take, I had because I remember my pre, yeah. but I did not remember the EAAs. And that's, I do the same thing, Ron. It's the EAAs and the salt. Throw that in there. And that's what I drink on the way to the gym. Yeah. I just, like you said, I do exactly what you said. It's a shot glass of water with my intra or my pre, slam that down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I drink the liter on the way to the gym. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Get hydrated. Okay. All right. On that note, thoughts on crealkaline creatine. And I think there's another creatine question in here too. Well, all the creatines technically work. Like they all, they all get processed. I think they all work, but you know, the most studies are on monohydrate. I think that's the one that has like 900 studies backing it. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I don't like force people to switch their creatine if they're getting, like, you know what I mean? But make sure you're on some creatine. I am a fan of mono, but. I don't know. I will What's say that with, without question, creatine monohydrate is better. When you break down the price yes. and what it does, right. there's it a is lot better. of reasons. So that's yeah. what you got to factor into too is you're paying a ton of money for something that literally head-to-head they can't even prove is better. 
So I just tell everyone to take 10 grams of creatine monohydrate a day, knowing full well you're not absorbing all of it, but that makes sure that we do get all we can absorb. And it's so cheap. Who cares? I'm trying to get in the habit of that now again. Like I'll remember to take it when I train, but then on Mm non-training days, I forget. And I want to use it because they're saying that it's good for cognitive function now. Yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be protective in a way. So I'll take just like the straight creatine um, with my beef collagen and I'll mix it in my coffee in the morning. Right. If I'm not training, it just dissolves. You can't taste it. And I know that I'm, right. I'm then getting it for sure. You know, that's good thinking. Right. Yeah, We had another one, too. I can't find it. But the guy had asked, uh, you know, should we take creatine? He said somebody told him that we should only take creatine for three weeks at a time. And that he asked, <laughs> do we need to load it? So I figured we'd right. maybe cover that while we were here. Right. I think the loading thing has pretty much been agreed upon that that was just kind of a supplement company uh, recommendation. Yeah, uh, Muscle Tech sort of came up Genius. with that, didn't they? Yeah, Genius. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they came up Rob your loading. customers and have them thank you for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, but... Yeah, with the with the, the you know the old days with the the sugar loading and all that stuff, right? Oh yeah. But uh, but now, yeah, even the even conservative people like I saw um, uh, Derek on more plates. There, he had a guy on. I can't remember who it was, but he you know he even said three to five grams a day. Yeah. And that was like mm-hmm. you know more, a more conservative sort of number, and it was still three to five grams every day. You know. Right. So so yeah, get on the creatine. Definitely. I feel like the first time I'm bullying people into stuff. That's great. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Well, maybe we need a little more, little more bullying. (laughs) Scott, your camera is so clear. I feel like I'm in the same room with you. He's got a gear question. (laughs) He says, I have a buddy who's usually uh, a buddy taking a prescribed. Then he adds from another buddy. I don't know. Version of (laughs) GH. (laughs) Prescribed, Uh, but not to him. Um, (laughs) uh, I'm on a generic. Uh, mine has been working great for me, and I see no reason to go off it anytime soon. Buddy, uh, not liking his GH and wants to give me the rest of his. Sounds like a good friend. I'm, <laughs> I'm concerned that uh, it will be like starting over and or not work as well. Uh, I can't dur- turn down free gear. However, mildly concerned um, his will not like quote mix or gel with mine. Uh, and then, uh, you know, basically he's just going to have issues with it. I, you know what? I thought about it. I was, I was, I was thinking wrong at first. You're probably right. Send it to me. Yeah. 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 Dusty, I'll take it for you. Need you. A proper farm I'm not even taking growth tester. anymore, but I mean, if you want to send it over because you're worried that Dusty, it's not the important work. thing is you're 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 properly certified with farm grade yeah. GH. It's right. all I know. I do yeah. know it works for me. That's pretty it's much a, it's a ten thousand hour rule. It's right. pretty much what a pro card 10, is. An hour rule. <laughs> <laughs> no, He's an expert uh, on it. There's there's no reason that you would not take that and just run with it. I mean. You know, it sounds to me like you have a great source of uh, generic, which is fantastic. But the only thing cheaper than a good cheap generic is free farm. So (laughs) enjoy. All right. Yeah. Don't complain about free farm. From Patreon, Damon Sim, he says, a question for the podcast. Uh, It is regarding water intake around meals and digestion. I drink about five to eight liters a day, and I'm wondering the best approach to get it all in uh, between meals to avoid diluting stomach acid. I never crossed my mind. Never gave it two seconds of thought. This is minutia that 
didn't never concerned me once. Just, I'm so glad just, you said a, that. <laughs> I was a garbage disposal unit for food and a never-ending bottomless uh, like 12-cylinder engine with a hole in the gas tank when it came to water. I could just, just pour it in and then eat a meal, and I was completely fine. <laughs> you know? Yes. I have nothing to add. Like I used to go through two gallons of water at the end of prep like and, and have – like multiple meals left because I was using the water to help my hunger. Like, so I think that's, that's something I hear about all the time and it's, it was never an issue for me. Drink your water. No. I don't like if you eat steak without water, you could end up in the hospital. I know somebody that that happens. So, so um, here, I'm just going to throw this out. I'm just going to throw this out. And this is not, this is not a brag. This is just a fact. Thousands of people could have done this, but I took on a guy who was a, a you know, a little frustrated. He was putting a lot of work in and he wasn't gaining any weight. And he sent me the plan that he was on from someone else that he'd worked with. Okay. And there was a supplement list on it. It was like this long. Yeah. And then yeah. there was instructions on water. There was instructions on water. It was like two paragraphs, instructions on when to drink it, how much between meals, uh-huh. how much with meals, all this stuff. It's a lot of minutia. And, um, and then his diet had like, different carbs he had to have different carbs at each meal so he's cooking all these different foods and i deleted the entire thing (laughs) and i just put like steak rice you know two cups rice eight ounce steak like da 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 send it's been two months he's gained he's 12 pounds heavier yes he's stronger in every single movement like like just ditch all that minutiae Thank not saying you. that supplements aren't important. I'm just saying, fuck, if that's what you're paying for, a list of shit to take, like, where are the results? Yep. Where yeah. are the results? Sorry. I wish you guys could see because my, my – <laughs> I, I send out like – I think there's five or six things on a supplement list that I send all the clients. Yeah. And most of them lead with, this is not required. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then what it is? I'm not. And I, I always say I'm, them, I'm not going to tell you to buy the shit. diet. Yeah, I don't write them into the diet. Actually, I I put that usually on the diet. I say you might notice the supplements aren't here. Um, take them as directed, um, yeah. and you're good to go. Like it, it's it is so overthought, um, and not necessary. You, you you nailed it, Ron. It's like if if I would have read that email, knowing the simplicity of my brain, I'd be like, yeah, I'm not going to do. Yeah, that's a lot. I've seen that yeah. too. I've seen that too. I don't recommend a lot of supplements. The only time I can see where I feel like they're more important is if somebody had some sort of health issue. Like say oh, like yeah. somebody totally. has like blood sugar problems or yeah, liver, you know, whatever. Applications. Yeah. yeah. But like the general guy who's healthy and has come to me, I'm not going to have like you, Dusty. Yeah. I might have like three things or something that like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I spend over. I spend a hundred and something dollars a month on supplements, so it's not that I don't believe in them or I don't yeah. put people on them. But I am not going to pretend that when I was starting out and broke, that they were in the game, and I made some of the best gains of my life then. Yeah, yeah. You know, it really came down to money. I mean, that's. I think that's a big thing too with clients. I had a guy reach out to me just barely and. The price was kind of an issue. And then he's like, well, I'm going to do it anyways. I said, wait, whoa, whoa. how are you going to afford the food I'm going to write for you if you pay me? Yes. Right. And he was like, oh. And I was like, here, 
I sent him a basic diet and I said, this is kind of what I would start with. Increase and decrease as needed. Don't pay me. Like, <laughs> you, you can't afford to do what you need to do if you pay me. And you're right. perfectly yeah. fine without me at this stage of your life. So, And it was the same, Ron. It was three beef meals, two chicken meals, and a shake. Like, there you go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. couple comments yeah. here. Sylvia said, uh, uh, love you guys and love the content. I'm learning a lot of great things uh, with you and even improving my English. Big fan from Spain. Oh, okay, that's awesome. Damn. That's yes. good. Yeah, that's and really cool. That the English cool. must be coming from Ron. It's definitely not me. Yeah, I feel <laughs> bad. <It's, laughs> good job, not, Ron. You're helping you're not good people to turn to. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, Wow. There's another one writing anything that won't help your spelling. Here's one for oh, yeah. me. Kind of kid. He said, congrats to Scott on getting a plug in a magazine. I don't know if you guys saw it. I was in muscular development. Oh, what not. was in muscular development? Yeah, it was a article uh, with vigorous Steve and uh, ah. they had pictures and stuff. And there was a picture of me. It said, you know, Steve with podcaster, Scott McNally. I was like, Hey, so oh, I bought, okay. I bought there a copy go. of it. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. where'd you find that? Yeah, I had to go to the I had to go to like the Barnes and Noble to find it. I mean, I was like, like where did you <laughs> find a magazine? <laughs> yeah, yeah. One more comment on here. Um, uh, whenever I'm working out, I imagine Dusty is somewhere in the room judging my reps oh, <laughs> and me as a human being to see if I'm actually hitting failure or if I'm you know, crapping out prematurely. Uh, it works so well. I had to stop doing it on certain lifts. The bar came down on me failing on the bench um, and almost um, blacked out after a top set of deadlifts. I love it. Wow. You're I like that he said judging him as a person. As a not just being. as a bodybuilder. As a human, as a human being. being. Not just your form. <laughs> but like going deep. Yeah, going exactly. deep on it. Yeah. Your kids deserve better than you, scumbag. His foot placement <laughs> shows a complete irresponsibility deep to his core. Yes. You know. Yeah. Oh, that's the best. That's I know Ron had a fun nice. question. We had one more here, which was, uh, is elbow pain signs of too much volume? Uh, well, I mean, it. It. I think that anytime we get like ten, you know, tendon pain or joint pain, we're doing something wrong, whether it's too much of a good thing or a little bit of a not good thing, right? It, so mm -hmm. when we get pain, it doesn't mean we've done anything wrong. It might mean that we've just done too much of the right stuff because there is, right. that's what overuse stuff all is. And one of the, th the things that people, like Dusty and I have talked about this forever when people criticize you know, the volume amounts, like people who say, oh, you need more sets, you need more sets. Um, a lot of times more sets is what causes, like a lot of times it's the people that do like a lot of sets that have all these, like, you know, I know guys that stay healthier doing like top set, back off sets type stuff than guys that do 30 sets of quads and sure, stuff. Sure. So, I mean, I've tried it both and I've gotten like, I've seen the problems that arise with both and that's one of them, you know? Right. So, yeah. It can be, can be a sign of too much volume or too much, you know, or something bad that you're not doing right, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If our body's telling us, our body's telling us something, you know what yeah. I mean? Like if you see something like that, I got a lot of tennis elbow when I worked for the pop company 
and there was a lot of like holding and lifting and twisting and you know every and and i had learned at that time that everything that controls the hand is in the forearm so a lot of times it's overuse of that grip now you know that's something i had battled a number of times i think as bodybuilders we've all gotten tennis elbow or golf elbow at some point and then i got it again really bad just this year so I went to, uh, it was like bothering me a little bit, right? And then it was right before we went to Vancouver, I went to a, a carbine class, you know, shooting class, and we were working on reloads where I'm holding the AR out in front of me and drop, you know, dropping the mag and switching it. And that motion holding out in front of me, like something just went. And usually what I find is overuse it, it's cumulative, you know, like it's a little sore mm-hmm. and then over time right. it gets worse, it gets worse, it gets worse. And before you know it, you can't brush your teeth with that arm in the morning, you know, and you want to stop it before it gets to that point. But uh, it was it was like really acute. Right. And right. I'm like, oh, man. So now I'm going into like I was like, yeah, I'm going back to West Coast Iron. I'm going to get to train with Ronnie Dusty. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I literally couldn't like move my arm. It hurt so bad. And it took like a month to clear up. And finally, when we were at the Arnold, I saw Dr. Ken Kanakin and uh, he was like, hey, let me take a look at that. And he did a little ART on my arm at the booth. And then he walked me over to a wall and he cracked my back for him. And he told me it's actually the problem was in my back and it was related to posture. So this was completely different than what I'd normally dealt with overuse. It was something that was in my back and I'm sure it's from like sitting at my desk and mousing and you know, all of that. So anyway, it's finally oh, feeling wow. good now. I just trained arms today. Oh, that's today. cool. That's yeah. cool. Okay. I hate when they do that because then I feel like such a moron. They're like, yeah, well, good job bitching about your arm, but it was your back. And you're like, yeah, yeah, right? Oh, that makes no sense at all. Perfect. Oh, Dusty. Um, <laughs> and it was so satisfying because he just, I remember he like leaning me up against the wall, fist was behind my back and just that clunk. It was just, I still remember it to this moment. It was like the best so, yeah, ever. Sometimes that's, <laughs> I don't sometimes know if you guys you remember one too. Yeah. I was just going to say that when, when I got out of the coma, there was a nerve pinched in my, uh, in my right side uh, and I had oh, no yeah. strength, none. I mean, I couldn't reach up to like rub my head. Like it was just brutal. And my ART was guy was working on, it was getting better, you know? And then one day I literally was laying in the tanning bed and uh, I realized that I had, I needed to reach for something outside of the bed and I leaned forward on my back and I got this loud, like pop one thud. And I was like, I think I just fixed it. You're kidding me. You never told and us I that. I texted him and I was like, I think I fixed it. And he's like, what did you do? And I told him, and he goes, it could be. So I literally drove straight to the gym just to see. I, put my arm <laughs> on something and I was like, okay, I fixed it. Like, <laughs> Like wow. whatever it did, it just opened up and what was being pinched, just let go. And then I could start. I mean, obviously I was still weak because the muscle was weak, but I could connect and I could put my arm back in the position it needed to go in. And obviously the work that they did got it to that point, yeah. but it was a complete whoops that made a pop take place that complete, like in one moment, I, and it was so weird because I knew for whatever reason, because it went, like I felt it all the way down to my toes when I moved and I'm like, Okay, I really hope that I'm right because I think I've just fixed <laughs> yeah. all of my problems. Yeah. Seeing people say tanning beds are bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I used to have this this funny thing with my arm when I was big. Like 
um, I would be warming up every time I did like heavy dumbbell presses, which was like every chest workout. Cause I was a huge dumbbell press guy for, for chest. And, and, uh, I, I would always have to take my hand. I'll get in front of my camera. I would always have to like rotate my wrist in until mm-hmm. there was a pop and the <laughs> pop would kind of shoot up my arm. And then once I had that, I knew my arm was good and I could grab any dumbbell I wanted and press it. But I yeah. had to like warm up really good and I had to pop my wrist. And it was just like something I had to do or it just wouldn't, it would hurt. Like my hand would feel weak. But once I popped it, my hand had like a good grip strength. And I just put up with it. And I remember mentioning it. I remember mentioning it to people. Like I remember mentioning it to my, my you know, chiropractor, massage guy or whatever. And they just kind of look at you like, huh. Oh. <laughs> and they work on dumb. your arm a bit. And they don't really know. Like they're like, oh, yeah. no, they work on your arm. The arm feels okay now. And then you still had to keep doing it. So there was something... I think the ulna and the radius up here, there was something that didn't sit right because I was like blown up. Just like pulling it all apart. Yeah, it just wasn't balanced. You know, maybe my forearm probably wasn't balanced strength wise for like the, you know, the wrist muscles. Like Uh who uh who really knows if their forearm's balanced for strength, you know? And um, it's just stuff we don't pay attention to. And just, ah, Do have we have a that disclaimer part. that pops up before this part of the story? <laughs> yeah, just for a second, Scott. I really think for our safety. <laughs> yeah. I just put up with it. Between what time, I said you know? and what Ron said, this is a lot of really bad advice that we're just rolling yeah. out there. Yeah, I just kept doing it for 15, 20 just, years. Just grab onto your wrist and turn it till it hurts really bad. And, and then, then eventually it's going to snap. Once it snaps yeah. and goes up your arm, you're good. You'll feel it through you're your whole you body. Go. You know, and after that, right you'll be all right. <laughs> Oh man, that's a good know. point. You know, saying it sounds <laughs> sounds crazy, but doing <laughs> it, didn't it was sound fine. Crazy. Then it came in the outside voice, and now it sounds like I should have had some help with that one. Yeah, <laughs> I think what's scary is that somehow we discover that, and then we're like, "Oh, that's the thing." Yeah. No, I just have to do that every time I train. You know? One day, yeah. Ron decided randomly to twist his arm off. <laughs> Well, it just felt like it wasn't. <laughs> I think this is going to do something good. Think about that. I think if I just twist this the wrong direction further than it wants to go, it'll be good for me. Even if it hurts yeah, really bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really more want to get in this, the psychology of how he came up with this, but we'll get the to that. The release was worth it. The release was worth it. Uh, I've thought that before and been wrong. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh, many times. Oh, boy. Ron, you've got okay. one for us. I know you had yeah, a, a good I, finisher, a good fun question. I had, a, I had an interesting one. It was uh, if you could live one year of your life again from January 1st to December 31st, what year would it be? I know mine. Okay. No questions. Just straight into it. I know it. Mine's okay. simple. 1999. Oh, and the reason okay. is um, I was living on my own. I had moved to Utah to play hockey. And all I did was play hockey for two teams. One was my high school team, which we were later than banned from playing for. And the other one was my junior team. And hanging out with my friends basically 24 hours a day, every day. And literally it was like being a rock star. Like, like all we did was hang out, do things like we would like go to school and then 
I'd be like, you know what we should do after lunch? Like, what? I'm like, we should go bowling. (laughs) Okay. And we would just leave. And that was like a normal life. I mean, I like, it wasn't high school. People like, oh, you, you're going to look back at high school and miss it. No, you won't. High school sucked. But being a hockey player as the most important thing in your entire life and hanging out with your teammates could not be beaten. I mean, the shenanigans that I cannot discuss on this show <laughs> were far too many, but they were good times. So, yes, that yeah, was okay. that was definitely a, a time I look back. And it's it sucks to say, but people are like, oh, are you glad you got into bodybuilding instead of hockey? I'm like, no, no, I am not. <laughs> I lost the deal there. Bodybuilding is awesome, but it is not the same as playing in front of thousands of people a game. Yeah, and yeah. Having fun. <laughs> like, do you remember too? That's all like that kind of a situation is like bad decisions and raw talent. I mean, it's kind of fun. <laughs> that's the name of a good TV. That's the name of like a, a spinoff from Shorzy. Have you guys watched Shorzy? Yeah, yeah. Bad decisions and raw talent. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, yep, that's mine. How about you guys? See, I I automatically have questions. Yeah, like, of I, I have. To, I, I don't. Know, I, I never I, ask I questions. To, I just <laughs> just do it. Ninety nine, go. Do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's probably Hit the a good button. Way to do it. Pull the lever. No, I'm always like, I have to ask like ahead of time. Like, it is. Do I have to like? make sure that i don't fuck up my future well it's the same year he said you're gonna live it the same so to Mm, me he's gonna live it yeah it's the same year it's the same Ah, okay so we don't have to worry about shifting the timeline too badly Mm. we're just gonna kind of live it again for punching that guy in front of the cop it's gonna happen oh there you go okay (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) that still happened and it was still worth it (laughs) okay um you know what? I mean, if you're just going to do that, if you just, if you know, if you're just going to relive it, then it's got to be like a year that was fun, right? No one wants to just of relive one of their general sort of work train years. You yeah. know, it's kind of be an absurdly fun year. So uh, I would probably do like, like, you know, the first year I was in Australia, because it. it was just so constantly. Um, I think one of the, the the reasons why those times, Dusty, are are the ones we would pick is because they're almost every day. There was the excitement of not knowing what was going to happen, you know? Yeah. Oh, and, sure. you know, there was no routine to it. Right. So that, that first year I was in Australia, like I lived in like six different places, you know, I, you know, got to meet a lot of people and train with a lot of people and make a lot of new friends. So there was a lot of new, 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 everything was new. So if you're going to relive mm-hmm. a year again, you want it to be a year where there's a lot of new, you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't want to relive back one then, of the, Ron, like you know, you weren't one of your, even if you had a real good year, like a, a year you made a lot of money and stuff. Well, I bet you just yeah. worked a lot, right? You want to relive that whole year? You already. <laughs> Plus, you remember when you get older, there's like that you make decisions, like you know, a lot of calculated things take place when you get older and start being mature, and you're like, this year decides next year, decides next yeah, year. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is not how you were living in Australia. That is no, not no, how I was living in 1999. Blender. Yeah. 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 No thoughts of no thoughts of later yeah. tonight, let alone tomorrow. Are you kidding me? Yeah. 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 So I'd say 90, 90, it would be like the 90, uh, I would say 95 then. Okay. You know, 95, 96, one of those two years. So yeah, good time. Nice. Scott, it's you. Uh, I, it's you your know turn, what? buddy. I don't want to go that far back because I feel like 
anything post pre anything pre 2007 when I got clean, even though I had like good years, like I, I just don't want to relive any of that. They're like, they're, they're yeah. important. It was important stuff. It's like, I needed to go through the things I went through to get where I am today, blah, blah, blah. But like, I'm good with leaving that where it is. So it would be something after that. So maybe like my, I don't even know. Man, my first contest prep was really tough. The second one was really, you know, I'll go just to like 2019. It was like before the world closed down. It was the year that Victoria and I met and we started dating. And yeah. there was there was just like back in 2019, there was so much freedom in the world. You could travel across the border whenever you wanted. And we had a lot of fun. We did. I remember sitting her down at one point and having a serious talk with her where I was like, hey, listen, so we can't have a date day every day when you visit because like we were literally for like a week straight we were like going to do this cool thing and the next day going to do this cool thing and she laughed we're gonna go broke yeah well (laughs) it was like we also have to do work you know what i mean but yeah for like an entire week and that was so fun and she laughed when i said that by the way because she's like well yeah obviously you know but that was a that was a really fun year so I I would say if I relived one year it would literally be just a couple of years ago. So, but I'm good with where we are today too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, semi good. Those with questions it. always. Yeah, yeah. Semi-good. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I would like to go back to uh, not worrying about comedians offending people, but that's just me. That's yeah, just things me. have a lot yeah, has changed yeah. in just a couple mm-hmm. since then. You know what I mean? And I also was too. Name. Go, oh, keep talking. Oh, I, I was going to say. I was going to say if you approach it from the perspective like you're going to go back and relive this year and you can do whatever you want and it won't fuck anything up. Yeah. Right. So that would probably also be maybe that year as well, because I had the most opportunity to misbehave that I also. Oh yeah. Because I was still a bodybuilder, right? Like I had a ton of fun and everything, but there's a whole bunch of stuff that I, you know, I was still a bodybuilder. So, you know, if you're just going to go back and just, you know, go crazy, that might be a good year, you know? Yeah. If I was going to go back and go crazy, I would have done exactly what I did. Um, yeah. yeah, it was like was everything not, before 2007. There was, there was no changes to make that would made it more what? stupid. You were an um, adult hockey. You were technically an adult hockey player, which is a bad combo. Yeah. No, actually, that's the problem is I was still I was 17. So I had not reached that point, And it was. A oh, you hadn't yet. OK. Yes. But I had to tell you this because I just mentioned the comedy thing. So yeah. I started following Matt Reif. Do you know who that is, Ron? No. Look, I'll send you some of his stuff. He's fantastic. Okay. But anyways, he, has a, he had a YouTube special. He came out with three weeks ago. It's great. It's funny. But when he was getting into jokes that were going to be offensive, I was very bothered that there was a 10-minute, I mean, I don't know if that's literal, but it felt like it, explanation that it was just a joke. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like... It's a pathetic to me that that has to happen. Like that he has like to be he, that cautious. So he like he on saying, the stage, he's going yeah. through this whole thing and going back and forth. And the reason was he was comparing. I'm going to be careful here with my YouTube words. Uh, people in wheelchairs, which is the one right. thing, which was fine. And their hardships versus a not female, not male has a male part also has female parts. I'm trying to say it without saying it for uh, YouTube's purposes. And he was making a joke of it, but he literally went through this whole long process to get there. And I remember the whole time I was like, this should not have to happen. It's a joke. You know what I mean? 
And yeah. it was just painful to watch. Cause I, and I understood, like, at this point, the guy's making a fat living being a comedian. Doesn't you don't want end. to be canceled. <laughs> yeah. And I just hate the fact that that has become a thing. Um, yeah. And I didn't mean this to be like a tirade, but I wish more people that were everyday people would imagine if they were in a position where one thing they said could end their career. Because they're yeah. so quick to do that with everyone else. And it's like the amount of dumb things that I have said over my life, both publicly and not, it's it's pathetic that any of them could have ended me now. Yeah. You know, it's, so. uh, I, I think that there's there's a lot of comedians out there that aren't doing that, though. They're like Ricky Gervais is not doing that. Ricky well, he don't Gervais care. Is, yeah, yeah. And, you know, Bill Burr has been very clear about that. And Bill Burr was really good, too. I saw him interviewed and they asked him, hey, um, you know, how do you deal with all the people that think you're so offensive and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, they don't actually come to the shows. He's like, no one mm. ever really shows up to give me a hard time. I've n I get, never get stopped in public by anyone who's upset. No one ever comes up to me angry. He's like, it's just a fiction. It's a, it's a ridiculous fiction. There's a certain tiny amount of people that are trying to be really, really loud. And it scared the shit out of almost everybody. And and if we just ignore them and just go about our business, usually we're okay. And that that's right. Bill take on that. And I was that's like, crazy. huh, that's interesting. You know, and well, like apologizing also too, is the weakest thing you can yeah, do. Yeah, it's the worst thing you can do. And like, look at what Jordan Peterson said. Like Jordan Peterson's like hated by a ton of people. And he's like, I've really only had two or three negative interactions with anyone in public in my whole yeah. life. And I've like he's got like hundreds of thousands of people trying to silence him constantly. But he said in public, none of them ever come up to him. That's wild. He's like, yeah, like he said, really count count on one hand the number of times he's had a negative interaction. So, um, so I think we have to keep that in mind too. You know, it's not the those people aren't the real world. Those people live in their own bubble. Yeah, you know, just ignore their bubble. You know, like there was a protest here downtown the other day it got like a little bit of media coverage just because it was hilarious but there was like this tiny group of people that were like protesting to have masks mandated again you know what i mean they were like wow you know, it's still not safe it's still not safe you know that sort of thing yeah. and and you know they just got you know they got a couple of media sites you know posted that, that it was happening and the right. comments they just got melted in the comments like you know, I think these these types of people, this it's all the same genre, right? It's the same wing of people that tend to be all right. a, a protest, protest, angry, angry, upset, upset, upset. It just I think that I think we can win this. Like I think it can it's you know, culture swings back and forth. Like we've had we see yeah, this. It's no it surprise. Does. I think that the the swing back from this might be really interesting because there might be an overcorrection. <laughs> Yeah. It could be bad if there's an really, overcorrection. You know what I mean? Then, right. then we go too far in the other the other way. Right? <laughs> just getting savager than possible with everybody. <laughs> but but you know, I'm just saying there might be some interesting uh, changes. Like you know, I mean, it, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a fascinating time. But I think that we're 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 gonna win this. There's too many people speaking out against it now. Hmm. There's too many. Yeah. There's too many parents getting upset about stuff and starting to pay more attention. That's a big one. Parents paying attention is a big one. A lot of parents have been just so tuned out. They're like, oh, yeah, just send the kid to school or whatever. But um, I, I think that that's a big one. There's a whole bunch of reasons why we might see a big, uh, you know, sea change with this sort of yeah. woke complain about everything, uh, uh, perpetually offended, 
you know, but sort I, of. But I think it stuff. works in reverse too, right? Like, <clears throat> I don't think you should cancel anything. You can stop doing things if you want to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't understand. Like, it's interesting to me that people will say like, oh, you can't cancel this person for saying that joke. But then you immediately want to cancel some other business for making a move that they made. Like, okay. Just don't shop I mean, at them anymore. You know? Yeah. Or, or for a that's minute. That's what we used like to do in the old days. <laughs> you know, that's, but yeah. Like, I mean, that's how I looked at things in very simple, like even during the time period where we weren't allowed to go out. That I yeah. can't talk about. Um, my favorite Thai restaurant decided they were adamant about masks just to walk in and do takeout. So I said, cool, I'm not coming here anymore until this stops. And I stopped going. And as soon as I heard it stopped, two and a half years later, I went back. I didn't need to like kill their business or tell all my friends to stop going there. I yeah. disagreed with what they're doing. I made a decision. Other people didn't. It's no big deal, you know. But now that I can go back there, I do. It was the first stop I made on our trip to uh, Phoenix. Literally, Ron knows. I hit oh, the yeah. ground and grabbed an Uber. He's like, where are you? I'm like, I'm eating Thai food. Man, I like, love Thai yeah, food. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was, you know, so I think that that's the difference. It's like, I don't have to decide for the rest of the time of my life that I hate them because they made a decision different than my opinion. You know, right. so anywho. That's our, our, our random wow. thing, but I will send you his stuff because he's hysterical. Please do. And I want Thai food now, too, thinking about it. Yeah. I haven't had Thai yeah. in a long time. <laughs> got it in your I, mind. Uh, yeah, definitely. Okay. We got anything else, Scott? Is that it? I think that was all we had. I we think wrapping that, was that it. up. Yeah, that's good. We I need questions it. for the next episode is what we need. Yeah. Though. Good topics and stuff, too. You guys are freaking awesome. Thank you for all the positive feedback on the last episode. And like Ron mentioned, Patreon at the beginning. Thank you guys for everybody who's taken part in Patreon. Um, Any guest suggestions that you have that you'd like to see the guys interact with, let me know. We'll see if we can get them on. You know, we should work on getting some good guests here lined up in the in the future, too. Yeah. I wanted to give you guys a quick update before um, before we go. Yeah. I spoke with Dr. Khan from Dubai about mm-hmm. stem cell treatment. Ooh, yeah. And I have a consultation on Wednesday with BioAccelerator in Columbia about stem cell treatment. Oh, so nice. I just thought I'd mention it to you guys, let you know that I'm in the process. Um, I got issues with my cervical spine. Yeah. Um, I think it's getting a little worse, and I'm doing everything I can to try to, you know, halt it or whatever. But I think that... Uh, you know, from the information I've seen regarding, uh, especially discs seem to respond really well huh. to mm-hmm. this type of treatment. I'm not sure exactly why, but they, they're pretty good, uh, pretty good results in the discs. So I'm looking at, you know, that and an IV. So, um, nice. Cuba, Cuba got me hooked up with the Colombian people. Right. And, uh, so I got my consult coming up and then, um, Dr. Khan, I, I, w- I just messaged him on Instagram. And he got back to me like right away. Like he was super easy to get a hold of. So oh, that's uh, amazing. So yeah, you know, I think maybe he realized I was serious. He might get a bunch of messages that look like they're maybe not that serious or whatever. But 
Keep um, us posted because so yeah. I'm sure there's yeah. going to be listeners that'll want to know, and I want to know more. I did a bunch of research a couple of years ago. I talked yeah. to a doctor that Tony Huge had gone to down in Mexico, and I, I talked to a guy here in the States and talked to another place down in Mexico. But I would like to find out more about Colombia, especially. I probably wouldn't yeah. make it out to Dubai, but Colombia I could do. And that's yeah, where I mean, Ed Cohen's going. He's 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 been hooked up with them. I could yeah, use a couple. Yeah, I could, is that who is he? The, the yeah. Ed Cohen's going through the same. That's who Ed Cohen's yeah, going Columbia, through. Yeah, Columbia. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, pretty sure that's where Dorian is right now. Dorian okay. is there right now this this week, getting uh, his shoulder and uh, his hip done, and then a giant IV. All right. So okay. Well, thanks for everything. And again, I I love your guys' input on on this stuff too because. Uh, you know, I'm going to do as much research as I can, but I know Scott's already spoken to a lot of people about this stuff. And, you know, Dustin, it was a couple sure of years ago. Too, so it was a couple you know, of years ago. Oh, OK. So nothing new. OK. OK. Well, thanks, everybody. And remember, like, share, subscribe, comment and ring the bell. There we go. OK, thanks. Remember, I am mutant.com. Big Ron 20, Dusty 20. Use your codes and the Patreon again for Think Big Bodybuilding Network. And remember everybody, it's just bodybuilding.